Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Oh my. It is so good to be with you. And I know I speak for all the church planters in saying, we're not just thankful, we are eternally thankful. We will be praising God forever for this church, this congregation. You know, they say that only 5% of churches ever plant another church. And only 1% of churches have church planting as part of the very purpose of their church. You are one of that 1%. And that's not to puff you up. In fact, it's to humble you that the Holy Spirit has done a work and is doing a work through you. When you gather every Sunday, I hope that you are reminded of the many other congregations that are part of you and meeting in different places in the valley. And it is a work of the Holy Spirit, and it's fitting that we have this Sunday to emphasize church planting with the Pentecost offering and everything. Here on Pentecost Sunday, would you open with me to Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1. We need to come back here time and time again. Acts 1 and 2, and uh, the rest of God's Word, so beautiful. And this morning, I want to emphasize three sections of Acts 1. First of all, in Acts 1 through 6, to emphasize the Pentecostal purpose, purpose, the Lord Jesus just before he ascended to heaven and in the days between his death and resurrection and his ascension, those 50 days, was talking to them about their purpose. You remember the Great Commission, of course. And it all culminates right here. Secondly, we're going to talk about not our purpose, but our power. Where do we get the power for this purpose to which he has called us? And the third part is our participation or prayer. You know, uh, there is this great emphasis. He called them together to pray. Before the promised Holy Spirit would come upon them, they were to come together to pray. Well, starting here in uh, Acts 1, verse 1 through 6. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to stop there and talk a little bit about purpose. But I said it's Pentecostal purpose. So just a few words about Pentecost. Remember, that was one of the feasts of Israel. It happened 50 days, and that's what Pentecost means, 50 days after what? After the Passover. So here we are 50 days after the Passover lamb, the lamb of God, who gave himself for the salvation of the world, was now back with them and speaking to them about how they were to live in light of the fact that he was going to leave and go back to heaven. So 50 days afterward, 50 days after Passover, uh, it was supposed to be the time of the first harvest. And we know that. They have the same climate and everything in Israel as here in the valley, and we know things are really beginning to come in now. So they were to gather at the time of the first harvests to give praise to the Lord, to give thanks to Him, and to be reminded of their calling and what the harvest is all about. It was more than about crops, wasn't it? It's talking about a spiritual harvest. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, the first command ever given to mankind was what? Be fruitful and multiply. And that was passed down all through the generations. If you read again about uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, they all used that phrase they passed down to the next generation these words, be fruitful and multiply. So it's talking about church planting. It's not about physical procreation. The Lord knows Zoanne and I have done our part on that. We have six children and on the way, number 13, grandchildren. My beautiful wife is here. Stand up, Zoanne. Greet, greet uh, Zoanne today. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of us think it's about, it's just a physical thing. Be fruitful and multiply. And it's much more than that. It's about spiritual life. It is about bringing people to Christ. It is about planting churches. You know, a lot of times we talk about evangelism, but Jesus talked about discipleship. He said, go and make disciples. So what is the context in which people are to come to Christ, be baptized, and then we're to teach them to observe everything that Jesus taught? Planting a church. That's what the early church was about, and that's what we are to be about. That's the context of not just having believers, 
What if believers aren't connected to other believers? What if they're not getting the instruction? Where do they get that? In a church. So we have to plant new churches. To plant new churches is just other language for the Great Commission. That's what we're all called to. Now, I'm preaching to the choir because some people here uh, at Tulare Community Church get that. But that doesn't mean that you're always to do that just by road. It's not automatic, is it? We need an influx of the Holy Spirit of God always to keep us in that purpose. So Jesus talked to them about their purpose. Jesus said, and he went on, uh, let's look at uh, verse 7 and 8 now. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, there are a lot of things we could unfold in this question, but notice that first of all, it was personal. They were wanting to know if God was now going to do it for them. And it had to do with their own personal prosperity of Israel. But he had a different purpose in mind. He was actually going to leave them. He had said that, but they didn't get it yet. And he was going to leave it in the hand, their hands filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, so... It's a completely different purpose than they had in mind. After walking with Jesus all of that time, they were still thinking about, are you now going to fulfill it? And is this the time when we get to have the big celebration and everything comes to an end and there's going to be the judgment? And Jesus is saying, no, no. Pentecost is about the beginning of the harvest. And now we get serious. Now we are going to look outward. It was all about bringing the Gentiles in. I remember when I was here last, I got to share with you a little bit about, and I'll remind you of when Jesus cleared the temple. And remember I was talking about how the fact that they were, the money changers were set up in the what? The court of the Gentiles. In other words, there were no believers. There was no harvest. And so he showed the uh, anger toward that situation that after the whole new uh, old covenant period, there were there was no harvest. So now we have the possibility to fulfill the purpose he's called us to. And we know that on Pentecost, there were the tongues. Now, my gracious, if you want to get things stirred up, you can talk about tongues. But I'll tell you this. Pentecost is the reversal of the Tower of Babel where there was confusion of tongues. And it is the beginning. It is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Pentecost from way back then to say, all right, now we're going to reach and unite all the tongues in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why there were tongues that day, because it had to do with the purpose of reaching the world for Christ. 
So one of the things I think the Lord wants to do in all of us this morning is move us from a personal agenda to the purpose of reaching the world for Christ. We need that all the time, don't we? We need that reminder because we're interested. When we talk about Pentecost, we're usually talking about how can I have the power of the Holy Spirit? How can it change my life? What did Jesus emphasize? How we can reach a world where the harvest is ripe and start to gather it in. You know, there's only one of the feasts not fulfilled yet. Passover has been fulfilled. Pentecost has been fulfilled. The others have been fulfilled. But the final harvest, the end gathering that come in October is yet to be. And so what are we to do between Pentecost and the Feast of End Gathering? We're to be about the Lord's business. I want to fuel the fire that is already here. And on this Pentecost, uh, we should know that that's what he wants. The second, the first thing then had to do with purpose. He wanted them to remember the purpose. But the second thing is he told them to wait on the power. Because they couldn't do that on their own. Boy, are you convinced of that yet? You can't live this life on your own. But I want to tell you about a miracle. And that literal miracle is that things didn't decrease after Jesus met with them and was going to go back to heaven, but they increased. What I mean is this. They had walked with Jesus. Now they were going to be in Jesus. Do you know that you and I have the opportunity to walk closer with God than the disciples did during the ministry of Jesus on earth because He has given us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. We can have an intimacy with God. That's what Pentecost is about. Pentecost is about being reminded of our worldwide purpose to gather in the Gentiles, which is us and others like us, And also, though, to have the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us so that we can experience Jesus in a way that overcomes all of our weakness and our fear. And, uh, you know, I know that we often fear when it comes to winning souls. But in the Holy Spirit... He gives them a call to powerful proclamation in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And don't try it alone. That's again why I love what's happening in this congregation. You're doing it together. You're doing it together. And that's the context that proclamation should happen in. And through church planting, you're, you you. Experience the indwelling spirit and you go from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The third thing I saw was that it was uh, this section about prayer. See, Jesus Christ wanted them to know before he ascended that they needed to have that purpose in mind 
they needed to have that power of the Holy Spirit to help them do it. But he reminded us something that they always would forget, and that is that they were to be participants in it. Now, this is shocking that he left them. It's just shocking. In fact, I'll tell you how shocking it was. Let's pick it up in verse 10. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And then we, the next thing is we see them in the upper room praying, waiting. They were shocked, though, that Jesus actually left and they were there. They were dependent upon Jesus, so dependent upon the physical presence of Jesus that they were stunned. You would be stunned, too, if you had walked with Jesus and you had come to know him as none other than the Son of God, the revealer of God in the flesh. Wouldn't you be a little shocked if he decided to leave? You would think everything has collapsed. The purpose, what purpose? There is no purpose. Uh, but he had discipled them, and now he was turning them loose in the power of the Holy Spirit, to do the work that he had called them to do. I think most of us from the Reformed tradition often have, uh, you know, we have that beautiful high emphasis on the sovereignty of God and that everything goes back to what God has done for us. But that doesn't mean we're not participants, and this proves it. He left them. But he left them in the power of the Holy Spirit. That, too, is the sovereignty of God. And that is the person of God living in us. If you want a summary of your Christian faith, it is this. You don't live for God. You live in God through Jesus Christ. In Christ was the great phrase that Paul used over and over and over. They had lived for God. Now they were walking in Christ. You see why Pentecost is so fabulous? And I hope today that if there's anybody here that's just been struggling this week to live for God and falling short, that you would hear his words that he's inviting you to rest in him, to let him by his Holy Spirit that he poured out that day live his life through you. In Christ. I love it. And they began to have a great value then for being participants. And they prayed. Do you think their prayer life changed on that day that Jesus left them? And here we are today. He had taught them back in John 16 about from now on. You've prayed to the Father, now you're going to pray in my name. You're going to participate in me. And I love it that you take time every Sunday, Mark, that you all pray. 
that you all pray together. Pray for us and these church planters. I just want to say that You know what my purpose is now? It's like a salmon swimming upstream who dies. Wow, that's pretty depressing purpose. Roy, that's pretty depressing. I think of it, can you think of anything more futile, more sad than a salmon getting beat up, going upstream, and then what happens? It dies. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's giving life. It is multiplying. It has one purpose in mind, driven to go up so as to multiply life. Not a conscious decision, driven by instinct, but for you and me, it's a conscious decision whether or not you see life as personal Prosperity is Pentecost about the Holy Spirit helping you, or is it about the Holy Spirit of God moving you, moving me, moving us together to say, we're going to go through whatever this life throws in order to leave the next generation knowing Christ. And planting these new churches. To me, that's an exciting journey now. I, uh, you know, back when I was in college and uh, when I was in school, my major was philosophy. And, you know, I would study Sartre and all these guys and all the, the, the dead-end thinking of existentialism. Life is nothing. You just die. I mean, you know, Solomon said it first, didn't he? And uh, vanity, vanity. Life is vanity unless you have the purposes of God in Jesus Christ flowing through your spirit. And then to go upstream like a salmon is not a picture of futility. It is an absolute Exciting venture to give yourself to and to live with others. And I hope that's your purpose too. To go upstream and when you die on this earth, you would have known that your children are in the Lord. You've been part of the purposes of many spiritual children coming forth in this world. Praise God. Bless you. It's good to be with you again. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.